Time to talk ball with a former Utah and NFL standout on the Bill Riley Show. Stevenson Sylvester joins Riles weekdays to talk Utes, Pac-12, and the National Football League. Sly is presented by Proper Brewing Company, home of the Riled Up Red Ale. Now, here's two-thirds of the Utah broadcast team on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. He was with me Saturday at Ryan Sackles. He'll be with me Saturday, this Saturday, at the Coliseum in Southern California as the 5-1 and one Utes take on the, I believe they're also um, right there in that same range, the 6-1 and one USC Trojans. Uh, that would be one Stevenson Sylvester, a.k.a. Steve the Hall of Famer, with us here on the Bill Riley Show today on Utah's number one sports talk. Sly, what's up? What's going on, Bill? How you doing? I'm doing good. Just survived the weekend. I know, I know, I know. It was a, it was a great weekend, anniversary weekend for me. So I uh, finally took uh, some time Sunday. It was good. Congratulations to you and the warden. All right. Now that you had a little time to uh, soak it in, uh, give me your uh, give me your read on Utah's win. What'd you like most? What still needs some work? Well, it, it looked good. I mean, uh, at first we were talking like, what is going on? This is not how you're supposed to come out of a bye week, right? And it looked weird. But I, I thought that um, they kind of knocked the rust off pretty quickly after that first quarter and, and got it together. And, and for me, that was more Bryson Barnes taking charge of, like, I understand my performance. I have to, you know, uh, I have to have a better performance than us for win to win. And he did that. I thought that he took matters into his own hand, making the right decisions, putting the team in the right place. Um, uh, Coach Witt said it after the game. Yeah, the numbers as far as passing wasn't outstanding, but the game is more than statistics, right? The game is more of impact and what you're able to do. And I thought Bryson Barnes did a really good job of putting this offense in position um, to win this football game. You know, uh, uh, the biggest thing outside of Bryson Barnes is that offensive line. How many times did we see that uh, that um, that line of scrimmage reestablished down the field? Uh, so running game, 300-plus yards rushing was absolutely what we needed, uh, especially going into USC. Um, uh, so there was a lot of positives, mostly offensive for me. Yeah, I don't disagree. I'm curious from your vantage point. I didn't really think about this till a little bit later on, but how much do you think going and making the decision on Monday versus Wednesday or Thursday mattered? And how much do you think Bryson Barnes, knowing he wasn't going to be rotated out for Nate Johnson, mattered? Sly? Sly? Hello, can you hear me? Now I've got you. Did you hear my question? Oh, sorry. I did, I did. I okay. did. Um yeah, so uh, they tell you growing up that, you know, the game is 85% mental. All the physicality everybody sees on TV, the clashing, the injuries, this and that, uh, but the game is 85% mental. You put yourself in the right position. You can think the right things. You put yourself in the right uh, position mentally, and things will go your way. Um, and, and if you don't, you know, the opposite. And so, yeah, I think, you know, getting a call early in the week, you're able to prepare. You're able to um, – you know, slow it down instead of if you get in on a Thursday or Friday, you got to kind of crunch that whole week of preparation into those two days as far as, you know, your security. Of course, there's other things you go through, going through the motions of the possibility, um, but it's really hard. And, you know, there's not a lot of people who can make that short time adjustment. So I think it helps everybody out. It helps all the other players on offense 
you know, it helps them understand, like, okay, Bryson's our guy. This is what we got. When we practice these plays, we know this works. So when I go into the game on Saturday, I know that in practice, this sounded great. The way Bryson Barnes uh, calls this in the huddle in practice is the same way he's going to call it out on the field or that's the same thing that I'm going to hear out on the field on Saturday. That means everything. So not only does it help Bryson Barnes, but it helps everybody around them and even the offensive coordinator calling plays. And also not having to worry about getting – he was able to get into a rhythm. He wasn't being substituted out between plays in a series or even alternating series too, right? Yeah, we said that early in the year, especially uh, um, early on in that Florida game. It was just like, yeah, Bryson Burns throws his big 75-yard touchdown, you know, to start the game, and then you're rotating him in. Nobody could ever get a rhythm. And honestly, it felt like Scott was getting frustrated up there because he kind of – was feeling for the quarterback. It's like, I, I don't know how anybody could be able to, to get in the rhythm and set your feet and do all this when you're getting, um, when you're getting subbed out every single time, even with a drop ball, it kind of felt like it was on the quarterback, you know? And so, um, yeah, that thing is just, it's not easy. You've seen it with Nate Johnson, right? You know, um, I think they started with Nate Johnson without rotating, Right, they stopped rotating him and just let him do his thing. Of course, that didn't end up working out, but um, they finally got into the mode of okay, let's not rotate these guys. Let's give them the game or give them the half so they can, you know, get their rhythm and make it happen. But um, it's just like Coach Wood said after the game: like Bryson Barnes doesn't fuss about anything. He's just like, look, this is what you ask of me. This is what I'm going to do. And Coach Witt absolutely loves that. And so this is this is just a guy and in, in, in the whole adage of, of you know, just waiting your turn and it's gonna pop, right? You know, stay stay head down, stay grinding, stay happening and everything that you want will happen. So Sionivaki is now a two way player. He was kind of a two-way player mm-hmm. earlier this year. We saw him do uh, some kick returns early before he got the Wildcat thing against Oregon State. But you've played and you know, and linebacker's a little different position than safety, but he's just he's so everywhere and so important what Utah does on defense. From your vantage point, uh what's what's the right what's the right amount because you want him more on defense, especially against SC, than you probably need him on offense, but you need him both places right now, being shorthanded to running back. So where's the sweet spot? How many snaps a game? Let's say he's playing, you know, 75, 80, 90% of the snaps on defense. How many snaps a game legitimately can, can Vaki play without draining himself too much? I mean, Coach Witt alluded to uh, the number of plays equating to, you know, how they see it, and I don't agree um, because every play is different, right? You've seen offensive plays where guys are literally running across the field in motion uh, before the snap and then back across the field uh, during the snap and then catching the ball and do it. That is a lot more energy spent than, you know, just a safety coming down and uh, or your defensive line stopping the run. And so, like, you can't just say, like, oh, he's going to get 70 plays and that should equate to, you know, a, a really tough game and he'll be fit for that because I don't agree. Um, but, yes, I think, you know, uh, as many plays on offense, but – it does play like if our offense does what we just did against Cal and hold the ball for 37 minutes, I think it was <laughs> 36, 37 minutes, you're only getting 22 minutes on defense. That is great. But you know, you got, you got guys like Caleb Williams where you want to apply pressure all the time and you have to have that focus. Um, so if I was the coach and I'm, and it really depends on your opponent, 
as you said, I think Cal is a great opponent to pull this Yoni Baki package out and, and give that a whirl, understand the success rate of that. Um, I actually saw, or I felt, sorry, I felt like Zioni was getting a little gas in that fourth quarter. And, um, you know, but he's he's a true, true athlete, man. He, he gets it done and understands that two-way and what shape he needs to be in. Um, but it doesn't matter how much shape you're in. That is a different type of uh, conditioning that you have to be in. So uh, hats off to Travis Hunter at, at Colorado for doing that every single week. Um, but for me, I would say 10 to 15 plays on offense, you know. Uh, but the thing is with that is once he gets in the game, defenses are like, okay, Sione Baki's in there. We're going to key on him, right? So uh, we're just going to load the box and get that in, i.e. the 72-yard, the 70-yard touchdown he had. Um, they loaded the box, and it was a man-on-man. They they messed up with that. I, I pointed that out on KSL. They should have had an extra man in the box, but they didn't. But e- e- here nor there, that's what they're going to do when Sione Baki's in the game, you know, whether a Bryson's that quarterback handing it off to him or he's just um, running the Wildcat himself. Um, and, and so like, those are tall tales unless you're going to get Sione Baki being able to throw the ball, and that's going to be uh, a huge um you know, benefit to this offense, but I'd say 10 to 12 plays on offense and a hundred percent defense. And I don't want to short what Travis Hunter does. He's spectacular at Colorado, but what Sione Vaki does, he's involved in every single play. The way they, yes. the way the defense uses him as a safety, yes. as, a, as a corner, if the ball's not thrown your way or it's a way you're, you're running, certainly there's no doubt you're, you're covering up your wide receiver, but you're not involved in the play the same way Vaki is really and truly involved in every play Utah has. Well, people don't understand how taxing actually hitting somebody is. Aside from, like, soccer, where you're just running up and down the field, right? Or, sorry, football. Um, where you're just running up and down the field, no real contact. But when you're when you're colliding with somebody, each and every – that's why, like, the D-line and linebackers, linebackers are crazy, right? They got to cover and they got to play the run. They really have to be physical every single time to hit somebody. But it is extremely taxing on the body – to hit somebody and run around at the same time. It just it's it's very hard on the body to do. So yeah, a cover a corner may cover go routes, they may cover guys across the field, but actually being physical each and every play and then going on offense and doing that, I agree with you, Bill. That's that's different. Sly's with us here as he is every Monday on the Bill Riley show. So is it a good thing for Utah or is it a bad thing or is it not a thing at all? that USC got embarrassed by Notre Dame on Saturday night? Um, they've been honestly not that impressive up until that point, so it was kind of expected. Um, but it was it was absolutely atrocious. One thing, it, 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 I say good, right? You know, because uh, I forgot, what did, what did USC fall to after that? They fell to 18, I think. I think they fell eight spots to 18, I believe, is where they're at now okay. in the rankings. Well, it's good. We'll still have a top 25 matchup playing them, you know, so that's good. When we beat them, um, it just gave us more uh, confidence in what we need to do against them. Notre Dame's defensive line is not as good as our defensive line, and they made Caleb Williams run around like recess. It was absolutely atrocious what their offensive line was doing. And I know they're going to be home. They're going to have a home crowd. It's going to be a, a big game. Um, so uh, expecting the best effort, uh, you know, from USC with that. But I still think that we got this in the bag, and, and it gave our defense, our team, 
you know, the utmost confidence. And, you know, there's going to be some good uh, newspaper writings in the locker room of how um, USC was favored, you know, in this season, in this conference, and uh, probably how Caleb doesn't like Utah. Um, I'm expecting one of the USC players to slip up this week in the media to give us some more, some more motivation going into this game. Uh, one, you got to take USC serious. You know, they do have athletes over there, but I don't think that they're a top-tier team, and we should be able to handle them. Um, I, again, just like every week, I hope Cam Rising's back so we don't have to use the Sione Baki package as much. Um, but I, I feel confident in this team uh, playing complementary football. We talked about it all season on what's needed. I felt like we really did play complementary football uh, on Saturday. And if we can go into the Coliseum playing the way we did, um, getting J.J. Uh, some great reps at running back as well, um, I think that we have a great, great opportunity to pull out a, a big win at USC. And it will be what, four in a row or five in a row? It would be four in a row. They won three straight now, the 2021 matchup, then the two last year. So that would, it yeah, would be four so in a row if they win Saturday. I, I truly believe we play complimentary football, do what we need to do, our defense doing everything that they can, uh, applying pressure to Caleb Williams, make him run with his head cut off. Um, and stripping him, you know, because he does hold the ball loose. So a lot of Lou Powell and and, and uh, Luther Ellis needs to work on, you know, when you get around that quarterback, chop at that arm, get that ball out of there, and uh, we'll get a score on defense, just like uh, Notre Dame did. They got multiple scores on defense in that football game. Uh, even late in the game, I felt like Notre Dame called off the dogs, but SC was so bad. You give up a kick return and you give up another pick six. Um, at the end of that game. And so um, I think our defense is, is more than capable to duplicate or even do better than what Notre Dame did on Saturday. What is the key to pass rushing Caleb Williams when you're getting up the field against him? It's not just simply pressuring him. I felt like Utah did a good job of the second half of that Pac-12 championship game, and Notre Dame did an excellent job on Saturday night. But when you're rushing him, what's the key, Sly? For me, it's it's don't die. Right, you got to keep going. Caleb Williams is somebody, and you've seen a lot of quarterbacks doing this. It's called hot dogging. When we were when we were young, they called it hot dogging, right? Where you're just out there, just trying to do everything, not really going with the format or the framework of the offense, and you're trying to make a play. You're just running around and keeping the ball longer, like, like you know, like okay, Scott, you got to as a quarterback, you got to have a clock clock in your head, right? These guys these days aren't rolling with those techniques that you're supposed to have especially Caleb Williams, he doesn't have any clock in his head. He's just out there just, I can do whatever I want and do it. So the key to pass rushing him is just keep going. If you get upfield, that offensive line is rushing you upfield and you miss him, keep going, keep back around. You got to keep after him because he's going to hold that football. And even when you get close to him and you're trying not to get a penalty or nothing like that, keep your feet alive, right? Keep all of that alive and just keep going because, just because you think you missed the first time, which, you know, you get a lot of quarterbacks are like, oh, man, I missed it. I, I had him and I missed it. Uh, the ball's probably away, so I stopped. As soon as they stop, Caleb Williams still has the ball in his hand, and you're able to backtrack and go. So I think there needs to be a lot of rotation on the defensive line because there's a lot of effort spent pass rushing. And um, I think that if they keep going, we should have like eight to nine to ten sacks in this game. What would they have to do better Saturday? If Cam Rising doesn't play against USC and it's Bryson Barnes again, what's got to be better offensively? Because you're going to have to score some points. Now, I know they scored 34 against Cal. Cal wasn't real good. But what would what would you like to see changed or improved if Barnes is back starting quarterback 
uh, in in specific to USC this Saturday? Um, uh, well, it's it's more of the, the quarterback deal. There was a couple plays that we seen um, where Bryson extended with his legs. He did a great job, uh, but like he's just he's got to see it. There was one part where he made a guy miss. And if he would have stuck with that read, Jalen Glover was wide open or the touchdown to Sione Baki pass. You know, Coach Bid pointed that out in the in the postgame. He had Sione Baki wide open for, what, a 65-yard touchdown and just barely overthrew him. He put some air under it. Um, so it's more things like that. I just – I, I, I want to be able to take advantage of all that. And, and again, I, we this is a tight end-focused team, and we're not getting a lot of attention with our tight ends. I know Thomas Jasmine was out in that game, but um, Landon King, he's done a great job. I felt like he was open a good number of times. Uh, I, I, I would want to get our tight ends more involved on the offensive side of the ball. And that's with motions. That's with shifts. That's with, you know, putting them in positions to get the football. I think that's a safe bet, safe throw, throwing to your tight ends with those simple routes right there. Um, and, and, and if we just look for them, I think we just need to look for them more um, I think it would be better. But, you know, with Bryson Barnes, the more time he gets, he had the bye week. Now he's got this week against Cal. Now he has another week. Hopefully we see more and more confidence build up in his abilities to deliver the football to guys and his pre-snap reads are, are more great, right? And I think with defenses and what great quarterbacks do, like Cam Rising and Caleb Williams, is they move their guys open right? They, they get their guys open. That's either looking off the safety or looking off the defender and then coming back to that route that, that opens up. Like if I got a slant on the right, I'm going to move the inside linebackers with my eyes and hips and then go back to that slant and throw that slant because I threw him open. Um, those are little quarterback techniques that I hope to see from Bryson Barnes that opens up every now and then. But I definitely want to see the tight ends more involved in this offense. How concerned are you about Bishop missing the first half and, and Richie starting for him? Um, I am concerned. Uh, one, I, I like Nate Richie. Of course, you know, he did great before his mission. I don't think he's back to, you know, 100%. You know, that takes a while. You know, he's he's got it, right? You know, but um, what Cole Bishop has is something that we need. We need Cole Bishop for a full game, you know, against USC, against Oregon, against Washington. Against these teams, we can't have that. And one, I was I was beside myself when I saw the call, and even more so when I saw the replay. I'm just like, what do you want people to do? I was just every time I think about it, I'm just like, I could not play today because you don't think about that. You think about you know trying to get the ball out of that person's hand, trying to make sure that that person doesn't catch the football. And I just felt like these. These rulings are just trying to enhance every offensive opportunity that's out there. And as a defensive player, that sucks and, and, and is really disappointing. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm concerned, but I think the defensive scheme that we have, I think Nate Ritchie can thrive. But I do think that we need to uh, play complimentary football, keep the ball out of USC's hands as much as possible in the first half if this happens to where Cole Bishop can come back in the second half and, and we'll be great. And hopefully at that point we can pin our ears back and start blitzing Caleb Williams and um, create more opportunities for us. I just feel like it's not called consistently. I feel like every officiating crew has their own interpretation of what targeting is, and it changes crew to crew week to week. And I just I don't have any feel whatsoever because if you're looking, I just I don't have any feel for what it is. 
Yeah, and I agree. I, and um, I think I was I was trying to talk to a ref about that, and he he told me that you know, especially if it's a player being affected for the next game, it's always reviewed. And so that gave me a little bit of hope. But then talking to Coach Witt after the game, and he said they've heard that it's been submitted 75 to 80 times this year already, and not one has been approved. So I'm just like, oh, that sucks. Um, um, but I do. It's always subjective. It's always to that, that ref's opinion, whatever that may be. Um, and, I, and I don't agree with that. I think that that is something that um, should be schooled, taught, um, universally with these refs, they need to get together um, before the season to to all be on the same page with that. I mean, uh, to your point, every single time it's called, you, I, and Scott are talking about it, and we're going back and forth on what it is simply because it is called differently every single time. You know, if it was consistent, then we would be more secure with our with our guesses, but we're not secure with our guesses on what it's going to be called. Each and every time, I was confident that that wasn't going to be targeting. And then a few weeks ago, they thought one that I thought was targeting, and they said it wasn't. So I'm just like, every single ref, it's very subjective depending on the crew. So it's almost like we got to have tallies on what crew is 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 calling the game, so we know what targeting is going to be called, <laughs> so we know. But yeah, it's very subjective each and every time you're out. Hey, my man, thanks as always. I'll see you this weekend. You're the man. Thanks, Bill. Thank you, Sly. Stevens and Sylvester, our Hall of Famer, and my broadcast partner, he, Scott, and I will be at the Coliseum on Saturday. Coverage here beginning at 2. Porter and Nate will have that. They'll be at Boomerang's Bar in Mill Creek. Uh, go by and see them for a little pregame action. Watch the games. And then Scott, Sly, and I from, at 4 from the Coliseum, 6 o'clock kickoff for the Utes and the Trojans. Uh, we're giving away Guns N' Roses tickets every day, all week long this week of the Bill Riley Show. You just listen for keywords. This hour's keyword is sweet. You know what that refers to, sweet. Text it right now to 33986. Text keyword sweet right now to 33986 to be entered to win those Guns N' Roses tickets. The more keywords you enter, the better chance you have to win. This hour's keyword is sweet to 33986. Steve Bartle, a little recruiting news, a little football news and more with Bartle coming up right here next on ESPN 700.